0: Head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card issued by Green.Bank, member FDIC, or as a statement credit. Terms and more at AppleCard.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. It's the Prestige TV Podcast. My name is Bill Simmons. I'm here with Joanna Robinson. We're going to talk about a show called Yellow Jackets, which is four episodes in, very binge-watchable. It's on Showtime. Uh, we've been meaning to do this for two weeks. I'm glad we have four in our pocket now because um, I thought I knew what this show was, and now after four, i I'm, I'm not. it's gone in some directions that I wasn't anticipating. But I think we could say it's lost. Meets Lord of the Flies meets Mean Girls. What else would you throw in?
0: Uh, That's so funny. At the top of my notes, I have Lost, Lord of the Flies, and Alive. Um, And The Donner Party. Yeah, and some True Detective Season 1 with, you know, the like antler imagery and, and it gets really gruesome. I'm just curious what you thought it was. I thought we were going to be on the island way more. Mm.
1: And I thought they would use current day. I thought they would get bang out a lot of the island stuff and then eventually kind of move into present day. But we're in present day way more than I thought. It reminds me, there was a show that uh, I loved in 2005 that lasted nine episodes. It was called Reunion. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember this show?
0: I do. And it was
1: about a 20-year reunion. It was this group of friends and one of them was murdered, but you didn't know who got murdered. Fox canceled it and it was, I think it was my first experience of just watching a show and then that's it. You just <laughs> never, never you
0: know never how it played
1: out. Never had our answer. Um, but it was the same kind of thing where it went back and forth and there were secrets and it's a gimmick that I think is really hard to pull off. The key to this show is the actors that they cast for the four lead parts really do feel like adult continuations of uh, of the kid actors. What, what's been the most impressive thing about the show to you?
0: Yeah, I think so the this this plane with the soccer team crashes in 1996, I think it is, right? Yeah. Um somewhere in the Canadian wilderness. And uh I think the idea of casting 90s actresses like Christina Ricci and Juliet Lewis um as as our um adult cast members is yeah. so brilliant. That's that I agree with you. I think the casting um, is is the key to the show. Melanie Linsky, who wasn't like huge in the 90s, but has been sort of an underappreciated like ace in the hole for a long time now in independent film and stuff like that. I think putting all these women in the in these roles really moves the ceiling on how weird things can get and how emotional they can get. Do you know what I mean? Christina Ricci is delivering a, a a truly unhinged performance. Juliet like natural born killers, Lewis can do, we know she can do whatever. So this could get really weird if it wants to.
1: They tapped into all the Juliet Lewis pieces that I like. Which are? L- likeable, but just kind of deep down a lunatic and yeah. kind of like, <laughs> kind of trying to straddle both of those worlds. You mentioned Melanie Linsky. What do I know her from? Cause she's like one of those, I know her, but I don't, I don't know how I know her, but she's always good in whatever she's in, but I don't know what her like signature role is or does she even have one?
0: I don't think she has like a signature role in the indie world, but I think um, mainstream 90s fans might know her from Ever After. She played like one of the stepsisters oh, yeah. in Ever After. Right. Um, That's when she was first on my radar, but then she's just done like a million, you know, Sundance films since and is is always, and she gave a really, if you ever want to like, Go truly inside the mind of an insecure but talented actress. Listen to her interview with Mark Marin, because that is one of the most uh truly emotionally honest Marin interviews I've ever heard in my life, is Melanie. interesting? yeah, yeah. She's well, she's she's tremendous. And she's so it's so such an interesting casting um, because she does look so like mumsy in this role. And then she says stuff like. I skinned a rabbit from Chin to Anus and you're like, oh, what show am I watching? So yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah and they do a good job of the the kid actor of her played by Sophie Nelise. Mm. Um, who you could see is kinda a little bit a little under the radar, but is the kind of kind of one who might be having an affair with somebody's boyfriend. Like she's one of those people in high school, and then grown up, stay at home mom, pretty boring life husband's obviously cheating on her and you could just kind of see her wheels turning for a couple episodes. She gets in the car accident with the guy who's sitting on her and all of a sudden, you just kind of know it's going to go sad. And then she ends up basically reliving her, the high school life that she never had in the yeah. fourth episode. I really liked the first two episodes. I thought the third episode was a throwaway and mm-hmm. I thought this fourth episode was really good. The third episode I thought was disappointing, but the good thing for me was I watched three and four together over the weekend. So three was, but I I didn't think three really paid off, but I thought the pilot, let's go back to that for a second. Yeah. The pilot was really good. It, it accomplished a lot. It introduced a lot of characters. It did a lot of things. It brought us back and forth. Um, I just thought for an hour of television, I was pretty impressed. I I still feel like the Lost pilot's the best. TV pilot I've ever seen, but that was two hours. This was only one yeah. hour. Yeah.
0: Well, have you, did you see any of the wilds, which was Amazon sort of like girls in a plane crash, uh, show that my, came out, my daughter
1: watched all of those. I stayed out yeah. of that one.
0: I watched it just because I am so fascinated with lost. And so I was just sort of like, okay, what's this? You, mean, you mentioned reunion. That was one of a million different shows that were sort of chasing that lost, uh, <laughs> brass ring. And, yeah. uh, no one has quite got there yet. um, But I think this is trying to do something. I think it's smart that it's just going weirder and more gruesome and um, possibly a cult. We don't know. Um, Right. Well, start the first
1: image of the show is somebody running for their life, falling into a pit. And then these, like, you don't know what they are. Are they natives? Are they animals? What are they that are like ready to eat this person? (gasps) And you don't know what's going on. It's like, who are these people?
0: Yeah, but they're wearing the tattered, like, soccer... Uniforms, so, you know, they have to be the girls <laughs> just like what right. happened to these girls that they got to this point. Yeah. So this the tension between that flashback and the present is really interesting. You're basically, you know how in Lost they had flashbacks for every episode and like every episode centered on a different character. This show is trying to do the flash forwards and the flashbacks at the same time, trying to like mix it up, giving us like 20 years in the future. And then also, you know, what happened to them before the crash, all of that sort of in the mix my only question about Yellow Jackets right now, because I am really interested in these in these women and what happened to them, uh, is are there too many bonkers mysteries going on? Like, there's just so many mysteries zooming around here. It feels like they're throwing everything at the wall. You've got like a creepy kid. You've got, you know, a oh, the suicide. senator's
1: son. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, is, he, is he Michael Byers? Is he a sociopath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is yeah.
0: it? Or is she the creep? I don't know. There's just like, I, I was trying to make a list of all my theories and I was like, "There's I, I love a theory show, but there are so many on this series. Um, well, we have, so
1: you have Shauna, you have Nat, you have Misty, you have Taysa, mm-hmm. the, the four like kid adults. Yeah. But then you have Jackie, who's the one who starts the show, who's the captain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who's, we see her in uh, like the first scene after the credits. She's getting it on with her boyfriend in high school. And you just assume she's going to be the star. We have not seen the adult version of her yet. So the easy theory would be she's the one who's sending them the postcards. She's alive. We just haven't seen it yet. She might not be alive. They might have killed her on the island. And that's, I want to see how that plays out because they presented that character with the same importance as the other four. But we haven't seen adult Jackie yet.
0: That reminded me of a couple, two other uh, influences I was thinking about, which was I know what you did last summer, yep, and uh, Pretty Little Liars, which is you know I know what you did last summer for ABC Family uh, audiences or whatever.
1: It's one of the best tropes of like I have a secret. Uh oh, I just got a, I just got a letter, I just got a postcard, I just got a video. Oh, somebody knows. Who knows? I got to figure it out. Uh oh, I'm unraveling now. All my baggage just <laughs> popping back up. Yeah, we've right. seen this a million times, but it works.
0: And the uh, the other one, the other reference that I thought of actually while you were talking was, um, do you remember the film Now and Then, which is yeah. about like yeah, Christina Ricci's in that movie, but that's about like. For four women in the '90s, flashing back to their childhood in the '60s, with a with a killer cast, um, so it's it's giving me like unhinged now and then vibes. Okay, especially because there's four women here. Are
1: '90s teen actresses having a comeback? Because we have Kirsten Dunst in the new Jane Campion movie, who's the lead actress in that. You have Ritchie, you have Juliette Lewis. Who's missing? Um, who's that? Who's that getting their is there? Just is is there a J. Love Hewitt back? Come ooh, come back potentially.
0: Ooh, I would love, I would love a Jennifer Love Hewitt come back. <laughs> Nev Campbell. I mean, I think she's doing the uh, the new Scream movie. Nev, sorry, Nev Campbell. I think she's doing no Nev.
1: No Nev. You're right. No, I'm right. Nev. Nev Campbell. Nev I think I could always screw that up.
0: Yeah, Nev yeah. Campbell is in the new Scream movie. So yeah, everything old is new again. But I just I do think this use of Juliette Lewis, especially, is so smart in this show. Um, as you say, she's doing everything you want. Juliette Lewis to do in a in a prestige high concept show. I was thinking about Reese
1: Witherspoon, who I'm incredibly frustrated by some of the choices she's made. As as, as you know, Amanda and I are that are the the co presidents of the Reese fan club. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of show I wish Reese had done instead of three different versions of the same kind of show, where it's like, uh, the Little Fires, whatever that show was, Little Fires, the Big Little Lies, yeah. And then this this morning show where it's just like she's playing these variations of herself, but it's not none of the characters are really that interesting. I wish she had gone a little method. Like it would have been fun to see her as like Shauna on the show, or just yeah. just play a character, Reese. Stop stop just playing yourself like with different jobs, you know. But i I think Richie's <laughs> been Richie's yeah. the big winner of this season so far. Where. You just kind of forgot what a good actress she is. She's so weird and creepy in this.
0: Yeah. She's she like, you know, she's played like, didn't she play Lizzie Borden in something? Like she's played yeah. literal, you know, murderers before, but nothing has creeped me out as much as this woman. Especially because at first she's sort of the easy, easy guess for who might be sort of pulling the strings in in the yeah. in the present day storyline. But now I'm fully off that bit. And I'm just like, no, she's just a really Odd duck who I genuinely I mean, they all did horrible things in the woods, we can all presume, but like yeah, who I I think I start I'm starting to identify with her citizen detective stuff, where she's like, Should we go home and pin some stuff on the corkboard? I have one, obviously. (laughs) And I was like, I want a corkboard to pin my theories on. I'm with her, you know. So yeah.
1: Yeah, they did a good job of setting up on the island this person who's just been completely marginalized. Team doesn't care about her. And now this is the first time she can grab some power, and yeah. leading to her destra- destroying the flight recorder. Which anytime that happens on a show, you're like, "Oh, you're a
0: lunatic." Well, she's it- too. Yeah, she's she's two lost tropes together. She's the reason she gets to take power in the beginning is because she has like babysitter uh, med training, right? So she knows how to fix basic wounds. That's basically what made. Jack the leader in loss because he was the doctor, right? And so you can run around like the doctor and make a bunch of medical decisions for people. And that's what she's doing with her like babysitter training. And then, but she's also the, um, Terry, Terry Quinn's character, John Locke, the character that didn't have meaning and purpose until they came to this isolated place and all of a sudden they have a taste of power and they don't want to go back because they were, as you say, so marginalized in their, in their real life. There's just a bunch of like, they just put a bunch of lost stuff in the blender. Like this week they discovered essentially the Beechcraft, which is a big lost plot. Um, you've got a character on psych meds who's running out of pills. That was an abandoned lost plot. Like that was supposed to be what Ian Summerholder's character was going to be like a, a A bipolar schizophrenic uh person running out of meds on an island so you know they're they're doing real lost plots and then abandoned lost plots but there is enough additive stuff that i don't feel like i'm just watching lost uh you know in the recycling bin
1: i don't remember lost having like uh impromptu amputation
0: they did actually (laughs) Did they?
1: when was it
0: well they were they were they were going to take a character's leg off with a with a door, a door from the hatch in season one, Ian Somerhalder. But then they decided, oh, that was, yeah. they decided that was too brutal. So then they just like let him die instead. Um, but, but Yellow Josh is like, not too brutal for us. I love that the origin of this show came from, do you remember uh, it was 2017? They announced that they were going to do an all-female Lord of the Flies film somewhere some major studio.
1: Did it actually happen?
0: No, it still, ha- as far as I know, it's still in production. <laughs> These many mm. years later, um, but then this debate kicked up on Twitter, uh, which is not a, a real place to have a debate, but that's where people were debating this anyway. And it was like, would girls go as unhinged as the boys in *Lord of the Flies* do? Could could girls even do? Are they even capable of something like this? And the creators of the show were basically like, "Have you have you been to high school with girls? <laughs> have you met teenage girls?" So they put together the show sort of in response to that debate where it's like uh yes girls can not only do what uh you know go as feral as boys they might even be worse in that regard so
1: what do you think of the show's relationship with men because you could argue the five most interesting characters in this show i don't even think it's an argument or are, are all female there's a, the five characters the show cares the most about yeah are the female characters the men are kind of on the side in some way right you have like the maniac son you have the the cheating husband. You have uh, the mechanic, the amorous mechanic.
0: I have a lot of questions about about the mechanic. Oh, the yeah. amorous mechanic <laughs>
1: feels like he's got more stuff coming. Oh, um, you have uh, Travis who ends up just hanging at the end of episode three, but it yeah. it doesn't seem like it really wants the men to be that involved. They're kind of like these moving pieces, but yeah. I, I I feel like that's going to be the strategy throughout the season, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, coach Ben uh with the with the one leg um feels like he's got to be the first one to go. Um he feels like the likeliest suspect to to be our first like post-crash fatality um that we haven't seen yet. But no, you're completely right. This is a show where all the men are peripheral uh in some way plus ones to the core four. Um you know, because Try to do the math of who survived, there's like ninety people who survived the crash, and as far as we're aware, only five people are alive as far as we're aware. only five people are alive in the current storyline. One of them was a man, and he has killed himself. He didn't get before he got any screen time. so uh, you're absolutely right that the men are are just sort of very peripheral because again, I think it is an examination and I want to ask you about this and it's, it's an example examination of the female teenage psychology, but also it I don't think it's just a reference to the Peruvian soccer player playing Crash that this is a soccer team. So I wanted to ask you as like a, uh, a sports expert, like soccer dad, like what, what do you make of this being a soccer team and the and like the power hierarchies there, you know?
1: So interesting when Tesa when she takes that kid's leg out, the slide tackle, um, that was like sociopathic. Right. Like I, that's one of those things. I think a team would be like, wow, you're a maniac. I can't believe you did that. And I, I don't know if there's actually any, any coming back from that, but soccer teams do have that, right? There's a couple of alpha dogs and especially on girls teams, the, the herd kind of follows the one or two kids. So it's interesting to think of that concept on the island. Cause you would think that would hold, but as we're seeing in this one, that's, all the rules are out like whatever the hierarchy and the team was we we have different rules in the Allen that's why you have the the bookworm manager all of a sudden is gaining power cuz she has different skills than everyone else i my biggest nitpick on this show is how bad the soccer scenes were and i don't Probably. know if we've ever talked about this but this is one of my passions in life is okay. for whatever reason terrible soccer scenes in tv shows and movies I I don't know what it is about Hollywood, but um, I think they feel like they can just put a bunch of people on the field and it's outdoors and it's a soccer field and then close ups of people running, and then we're good. Like people will buy that it's a soccer scene. There's always like these breakaway where the breakaway will last half the field. Um, they always have to try to pretend the actress knows how to play soccer. Now Tessa's is like not bad actually. Like I, out of all the ones in here. Um, but the, the soccer was bad. I mean, like there's been some Lifetime movies with some of the worst <laughs> soccer scenes in the history of mankind. These were bad. And I, I guess there's no way around it because you're hiring actresses and you're kind of hoping. But I it's amazing to me in the CGI era, they can't figure out how to CGI <laughs> soccer scenes. They're able to CGI an amputated leg. There's no way that actor has a real amputated leg. We can't CGI some soccer. Come on. <laughs>
0: Who who has done so like who does soccer really well? Like, is Ted Lasso competing, or is that Ted also La- terrible?
1: Ted Lasso's okay. They, okay. There's a lot of creative editing with that. I mean, Bendit Like Beckham, which I think some people think is a good movie. Yeah. The lead actress in that is so bad at soccer. My my daughter won't watch it. She's like, this is insulting <laughs> <I> to <tell laughs> anyone who likes soccer. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, no. It's like you have a basketball movie with somebody who can't dribble. So, um, You know, like Victory, which is I think the best soccer movie ever. They cast real soccer players. I'm not saying this should have done it, but I did. I thought that was really goofy that uh, that the soccer was that bad. On the flip side, the music choices have been lights out. As as a child of, I was you know the 90s is probably when I cared the most about music. They're just. They're playing the hits, man. All, all like some good underground stuff. Like there's some Elastica. Like they're, they're really like, they're really nailing that 93 to 96 range in the best possible ways. I can't wait. I can't believe there's not like a giant Spotify list of all the songs they use. Maybe it exists. I don't know.
0: Oh, I think there is one, actually. I saw, I saw it floating around somewhere. I'll, they, I'll send it they to you. They crushed
1: it. It's yeah. I call it... Lithium is the channel, and uh am <laughs> but they've crushed the lithium soundtrack for this.
0: <laughs> um, also, the opening credits, which are very like VHS, um, just very 90s. they D- disorienting. Very, like, yeah, yeah.
1: Compared, I mean, the worst opening credits I think of all time are the Morning Show. Okay. Okay. That this song? is just
0: like you're. You're still like. You're feeling bitter about morning show season two. Morning <laughs> show, like the worst, worst
1: theme song of all time. The Yellow Jackets is like, all right, we're back. These are these are some good things. So, are you worried about how this season plays out? And what is your biggest nitpick so far?
0: I mean, I guess here's the deal. They said they want to do five seasons of this, and I'm like, oh, I don't, no. see, I don't see five seasons of this at all, remotely. Um, I think this would be a killer one season show. Maybe two season show, but when you're laying the track for so many mysteries, who are all the girls who are part of this like cannibal cults? Who died? Who survived? What's going on with that? Uh, the senator's kid, like all that sort of stuff. Like, what's up with the okay? The Amorous mechanic, by the way, is like my new favorite. We should write a lifetime. Amorous mechanic. Called, <laughs> that called that the Amorous mechanic. Should <laughs> that, be the spin off show. That was that was your phrase, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick Thank with you. it. You can take um, it. Yeah, like. There's some theories floating around that that guy, A, isn't real because he's only ever interacted with Melanie Linsky's character. Or, oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Or, B, that he is the younger brother, Javi, grown up. They just don't know. But that's a, you know, his interest in
1: yeah, this he's, woman he's seems her. really yeah. forced. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like, like he had a plan from the get go. Yeah.
0: Like he like he break checked her and made her rear end him, yeah, exactly,
1: or he was hi- maybe he was hired by Jackie,
0: yeah, I mean that's a
1: possibility
0: i i love I would love the idea of Jackie still being alive, but like the we're four episodes in, it's a ten episode season. They could really just wrap this up in ten episodes, and I think I would be happier than to think about it for five seasons. Do you know what I mean? That's um, a good.
1: Topic shows that should have just been one season because Homeland is the ultimate answer to this, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. What a perfect if Homeland first just ends
1: with Brody blowing everyone up and that's yeah. like that last episode, which I think was the initial plan. That would have been amazing.
0: Yeah, like a jewel a jewel box of a season. You know what I mean? And you talk about it forever. Or like if True Detective had been one season and done, and they hadn't tried to like. <clears throat> revitalize it and revitalize it, you know, with diminishing returns, then we would still be talking about True Detective season one, I think, a bit more than we do these days. So, yeah, there's plenty of shows that don't know when to quit. Um, we're not We are not going to talk about Succession too much, even though uh, this is a big week to talk we'll about Succession. We'll do it at succession. the tail end. Yeah. But, um, but that's a show where they're all talking about just doing five seasons, and that feels right for that show. Like, any longer would feel too long, any shorter would feel like a miss. So, like, five seasons, five and out, I think honestly should mostly be the max for shows um, is how I feel. I'm with
1: you. Yeah. Four or five seasons max, especially with in the prestige era, 10 episodes really feels like 22 back in the day, right? I think- Yeah. I think what we had with Lost, which is now, you know, 15 years old basically, or maybe even more than that. I just think there there's no way that's that many episodes. No network show is ever doing more than 13 of those, you know?
0: That being said, you know- When we talk about something like Lost, the advantage of having 22 episodes a season is then you get some really weird episodes that they can't really do anymore because they don't have to, you know, you get terrible filler episodes and then you get like the weird one where they're just trying to get the VW van to start. Uh, Right. Tanaka's dead. Like that's the kind of episode that you can't have in like a 10 episode season. But with a 22 episode, you're like, what should the gang do this week? And sometimes that's gold. And then sometimes it's terrible.
1: So well, it's like those old seventies, eighties, nineties music albums where there's always like those two songs. You're like, ah, we gotta we need two more songs. <laughs> you gotta fill do it you out. have anything, you gotta Let's fill it. In out. There. One <laughs> yeah. thing I was thinking with yellow jackets, I do feel like Lost, and I know you're with me on this because you once devoted uh, an entire podcast to Lost. The uh, it feels like Lost Impact. Isn't what I would have thought it was compared to some of the other iconic two thousands shows, and I think it's because the last season people were so upset about. It's never had like that. There's never been a Lost Renaissance. There's never been like a oh, Lost is back or like. And I don't know if it's because it's not on a streamer. Like I really wonder what would happen if Netflix was like.
0: It is. It's on Hulu. We're buying Lost. Is on Hulu, because I think, I mean, yeah, but it's it, own- it has to be Netflix. It
1: has to be Netflix. If Netflix was just like what they do, what they've done with like Manifest and some of these other shows, or you, where yeah. they're just like, hey, here's oh, a yeah. show. Like, my daughter would never watch <laughs> Lost, but if Netflix gave it the Netflix kind of bump and just mm. put it on the main page. I guarantee a whole new generation would watch it cuz I feel like it's it's kind of in a uh, purgatory right now.
0: Yeah, that's funny that you say purgatory. Um I think it had a little bit of a of a kick over the pandemic. There was a big anniversary of the show over the pandemic and I think it did get some people to rewatch watch the show, but not in that mass way that you're talking about where like a new generation discovers friends the or the 16, office. You
1: need the 15-year-old girls. Like Grey's Anatomy had the... had the, Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that was
1: like all my daughter's friends. They were all watching it. And I think it became a thing. And you became a thing, which, I mean, how did that happen? That show... Talk about a show that's unhinged. That show... <laughs> That show needs medication.
0: One of my favorite things about that show is that uh, Penn Badgley, the lead actor on that show, is like, my character's a horrible person. And then all the people watching are like, oh, but he's so dreamy. And he's like, no, right. he's yeah, a no. terrible person. What's he's, wrong he's with a, you? He's a handsome
1: Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. All right, so Yellow Jackets, just yeah. putting a bow on this. Yeah. I could see a world where I finished this season. Yeah. And I'm not back in. I agree. I'm like, I'm out good luck. I enjoyed my 10 episodes. I'm done. Or I could see getting to the 10th episode and be like, I can't wait for this to come back. And I really don't know how it's going to play out. A lot of it's going to depend on, as you said, too many mysteries, too many hms, And I think you can overdo it with
0: those. You talk about nitpicks. I, I have to say that, like, I think they could ease off some of the backstories. I mean, I think we've gotten backstories for the four main girls now, so maybe they will. But I think that is just, you know, the one we had this week for the Juliet Lewis's character with her dad, et cetera. That kind of stuff, I'm like, that is when you are in danger of getting too close to Lost. And I think you should try to zag away from Lost as much as you can. So I think they should sort of ease off the throttle of, I hope they do, of doing like the the teen girl backstories. Because everyone carrying this terrible, burdensome secret to the island... Is not as interesting as everyone carrying this terrible burden secret. It's not an island; they're in Canada, but like out of the woods. All the all the all that weird secrety stuff that comes out of the woods is more interesting to me than what they got up to before the plane crashed. You know, so agree. I feel like
1: they'd get found if they were in Canada. Just FYI,
0: they are in Canada. They're supposed to be in the, the wilderness of. That's what I mean. I, j- I think yeah. I think they oh, would get know. found. Yeah, nineteen months in the Canadian woods. Also, like, why don't you just go south? start moving, follow the water. I don't know anything about survival. I would be dead very early, but um, that seems to me to be... I guess you're supposed to stay where you are. That's the rule of of survival, right? Stay planted and so they'll find you. But I, I feel like after a month or two, I might want to wander south and see if I hit civilization.
1: There's some male-female stuff that they might tap into as these episodes go too. Like if they actually... We know they're going to be cannibals. Yeah. And is it... Do they... Do, do the women all go, yeah, let's go for the men first. How does that, what's the hierarchy mm. of the cannibalism? I don't know.
0: I think it's going to be the wounded, whoever's wounded or vulnerable first. You know what I mean? You've got, and in terms of like creating a cultish, cannibal cultish atmosphere, you've got one girl running out of psych meds and who's already acting peculiarly. And you've got one girl who's like extremely uh, religiously fanatic. You know what I mean? So those are two... Potent ingredients, I think, for a wilderness cult. Will they I mean, we know at least one man survived out of three. So those aren't terrible odds for the men uh, in the woods here, you know?
1: Well, after watching youth soccer for almost 10 years, I'll just tell you, it would be unrealistic if the goalie didn't survive for a while because the goalies are the toughest people on the planet, <laughs> especially when you get to like that high school level, which they were clearly good. You have to be like a special breed of fearless <laughs> to be a soccer goalie at like a certain level. So if they if they go after the goalie early, I'm going to immediately, I hope they've talked to people who are in the soccer worlds. Goalies, sweepers, the the back defender, basically, those are like two of the toughest ones. And then there's always like that Defensive mid is always tough. Like I would be I'm gonna be interested to see if they adopt some of the soccer stuff with this.
0: That's exactly the insight that I wanted from you. Is like who who on the team is likeliest to survive given their position.
1: I actually think the goalie should have would have become the leader because that's that's the one who's always the biggest badass on the team and a little and usually a little like a tiny bit off too, because they're (laughs) they're just like so fearless. (laughs)
0: What do you make of, so Jackie, Ella Purnell's character, who, as you say, you don't know if she's still alive. She could be the one sending the postcards. What do you make of that scene in the pilot where, um, the coach basically says she's team captain, not because she's the best player or even that she works the hardest of it because she's got the most influence, basically like she's the most popular. And so he says, you know, they need someone to follow. They need someone with influence. Is that, is that the kind of choice that, no, uh, that was absurd, make? okay. I
1: can't speak for the how mid 90s soccer would go, but usually <laughs> the captain is the best player that's, right. that's I, pretty that's what I would guess okay. and usually being the best player brings some sort of confidence too that you're that would make sense for a captain. Teams usually follow the superior player on the team or the one who has the highest upside
0: and that's I mean that's why I think the Tysa character. Uh, who, as you mentioned, uh, broke a girl's leg because she wasn't good enough to play in the championships, I guess, uh, is the one that I got my eye on. Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays the younger version of her, uh, yeah. was so good in The leftover season two. She's like, you know, one of the girls who disappears yeah. in season two. Um, and I think she, I think she's one of the most talented among the young women on the I was the interested
1: by, with the senator, with the She's Senator or governor on camera Senator
0: she's like running for running for senator Senate. yeah when
1: yeah. they when they' were gonna play cannibalism stuff as like attack ads,
0: yeah, exactly, oh uh,
1: it's like whoa this is this is getting harsh, but, Cannibal. Like,
0: don't you feel like that would happen in today's yeah. political landscape? yeah hundred exactly. percent yeah, it's
1: yeah. a good well, anyway, yellow jacket, so I would recommend watching the first four, I think you would as well, yeah, I have it's no so sh- idea how it's gonna play out, and I think we both had the same instinct that. This could have been an incredible one-season show. But we know that people don't do that anymore.
0: They don't. They get. They want too much. But yeah, I mean, if you love Christina Ricci, if you love Juliette Lewis, if you love Melanie Linsky, these are all great uh, venues. For those actresses and actresses, you know, they're actresses in their forties and actresses in their forties don't often get to do something this, this kind of cool and juicy, especially so many in one yeah. cast. I mean, I know that's sort of, as you mentioned, the Reese Witherspoon ethos of what she's doing with her production company, but it still feels rare enough that it's, and it's, and none of it, none of what Reese has done, as you said, is as unhinged as what this is. So, uh and they, all, have one, yeah. they
1: have one, they have one card to play with this show, which is. We might have more adult versions of some of these characters on the plane. We don't know yeah. how many people actually died on the island. It might have only been like six. It's true. It might have been 10. So we might have two, three, four more people that we haven't gone. And maybe that's season two. It's hard. It's hard to say how many people are left. They've never explicitly said that in the four episodes, which gives them a little leeway for future seasons, I guess.
0: It's true. I'm most interested in the redhead van who got the one who got like half torched on the plane, like left behind on the plane, but emerged anyway. Right. That actress is on the Santa Clarita Diet. was really good on that show. And uh, I just like her. She's she's so angry and so ginger. And I'm I'm excited to see what she does next.
1: Well, isn't that, That's the goalie, isn't it?
0: I think so. I think yeah. to your point. Yeah. I'd like to see her survive. Yeah. I'm betting on
1: the goalie. Okay. <laughs> well, Yellow Jacket, Showtime hasn't had a really, really good one
0: in a while. It's been a couple of years, right? I mean, but that's why I'm worried. I'm worried that a lot of people don't have Showtime anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like the the barrier of getting someone to watch a Showtime show versus an HBO show, or as you say, a Netflix show, is much higher. You know, because I've been talking about the show to a couple people, and they're like, "Do I don't I don't have Showtime? <laughs> well, what else would I be watching on Showtime?" So
1: Showtime yeah. would should also, I mean, should run like those ads for, "Hey, get Showtime for three months for a dollar or whatever." Yeah, I think Homeland was the last time Showtime. I've had Showtime the whole time. But Homeland, when Homeland was peaking, the that felt like the last time everyone had Showtime. Yeah, Dexter was still on, all that stuff.
0: Dexter, you're you're riding the weeds, you know, yep. train, etc. Um, yeah, you're a Billions guy, so of course you have Showtime. But like, um, are you a Ray Donovan guy? Like, what what else is what else is keeping you at Showtime?
1: Right. So you could have Billions. You could just get Showtime for the three months with Billions. I mean, really, <laughs> they should have packaged Yellow Jacket with Billions. Yeah. yeah, but billions launched how many years ago? Like five, six. It's
0: been a while. It's been a while. Yeah.
1: Well, they have that. I think the Uber show is going to be a big deal for them.
0: They had a couple good shows. Like Black Monday is actually a pretty good show on Showtime. And then there was you mentioned Kirsten Dunst earlier. Now I can't remember what it was called, but there was like a great Kirsten Dunst show on Showtime that got canceled just because like people weren't watching. Because again, I just don't think that people of Showtime and Showtime is also caught in that. Weird trap where it doesn't have a a good streaming analog because it's caught up in that whole CBS All Access Paramount Plus question mark of what's going on with all those streaming platforms. But that's it's who so owns stupid. Showtime. Just so, figure like, that shit out. You yeah. have
1: like seven different platforms. It's too uh, many. Most popular show in the Simmons house right now? Mm. Sex Lives of College Girls. Really? Yeah. Tell
0: me that all about it. that show's actually
1: gotten better. Yeah. <laughs> right. We, no, I want you to catch up, but we could we could okay. do. Uh, we do think about it. That show's good. But I've I've decided that I like any show that's set in college. I also like the chair. If you're in college, I'm there. Campus, great stuff. Usually works. Usually it's gonna be at least watchable.
0: Good coats, winter coats. Um that show's me-
1: funny though. I I it's basically sex in the city premise for college roommates. Okay. Um, but very 2021-ish. And they're at like a posh posh northeastern college it seems like and uh and it's funny I, and it's each show kind of has a little bit of a hook but it's 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 good i gotta say it's i think it's above average
0: good coats good winter coats good college campus coats on that show
1: great campus clothes
0: okay you got yeah. you got me you have me great
1: stuff good really good episode where they have the parents come back for parents weekend and all hell breaks loose you have like some class differences with the four roommates. You have the one rich one, you have the one who's working at like the coffee place. And they just they one's playing for a soccer team. It's it's good stuff.
0: But there hasn't been terrible soccer on the show yet. They had some bad soccer. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is another
0: one. <laughs> you can't get away from it. It's another another
1: breakaway that would have to feel. They just can't <laughs> resist. But yeah, that one's good. Uh, before we go, is yeah. succession spoiler. Is Kendall alive? I know you and Sean are gonna be talking about that on
0: Wednesday. Yeah, so like uh, I was convinced Ken was dead, and now I'm wavering. Um, it might just be the cr- contrarian me because now everyone seems to agree that he's dead. So now, now I'm sort of leaning towards. But what if he isn't? But my question to you is, how does he? Given that you read the Jeremy Strong New Yorker profile, given I the way did. That, the, riveting,
1: given, riveting profile. I Whoa. mean, I mean, <laughs> one of the best ones in a while.
0: I've maybe that I've ever read because I mean, like it's it's. That that journalist had everything going for him. He's known Jeremy Strong for a long time. He got to go, you know, got to travel with him. Jeremy Strong hooked him up with all the contacts. Like everything was laid out for him to get a great story and he did a great job with it. And he got
1: a, and he got a couple really biting quotes from people Jeremy Strong worked with, which is so unusual I'm, in 2021. That never happens.
0: But that's what I'm saying about a lot of people are like, these aren't things you say about someone you have to go to work with on right. season four. So that's, I think, what's got a lot of people wondering. So I'm wondering if there's a way that Kendall does survive the pool that we find him in, but not the season somehow. Does he leave the season alive somehow? Does he leave the season dead in another way somehow? I don't know. I have, I have a lot of questions, but I, I just don't see a future where Jeremy Strong is on this show. Given that Kendall's arc seems a little worn out, Cause like what can he do in the finale? Like if he does some sort of big surprise move in the finale, that's just the end of season two again. Do you know what I mean? A big, a big betrayal, a big confession, a big something. His la- that's just-
1: he has one one move left. And I don't know if they're gonna play it, but they hinted at it. The confession? Confessing to the waiter and blaming his dad for covering it up would be the one way that to really that's it, the last way he could beat his dad. Where he falls on the sword, admits that he did it, and and gets his dad in trouble for it. Right,
0: and proves to his dad that he is better than... You know, his whole thing is like, I'm better than you. And Logan sort of tries to obliterate that notion uh, at, the, at that incredible dinner scene. That, by the way, both Brian Cox and, and Jeremy Strong have said in interviews, Jeremy Strong broke into tears while filming that scene because it was so intense.
1: There was three scenes that were really, 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 really high end. That scene... I thought Shiv and her mom having Uh, a cigarette was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, the Roman dick pic stuff, that was one of the funniest scenes I've seen (laughs) in an HBO show ever. (laughs) I was like, I was absolutely dying with like his body language during it. And, uh, I need five minutes, and then Logan storms off. What the hell is wrong with you? Just that—that that five minutes was just out of control, incredible. And then Scumbag Shiv comes in, and is like, oh, I'm, I can leverage this. Finally, I have, okay. I have a win. I can get here.
0: I want to ask you about this. So you're, you're, you know, I talked to you about Succession before the season started, and you were like, yeah. Shiv, what is she good for? Absolutely nothing. What's sort of your stance, right? Yeah. So my question is, she sees Vindicated. this up. Op- she sees this up. Op- well, okay. For a lot of the season, I would say you're vindicated, but what do you, like, she makes a move in this episode.
1: She does. She it's, does.
0: It's a power move. So is that not, is that she not fi- what you she want? She finally
1: stepped up. She finally stepped up.
0: That's what you want from her is to be yeah. like a ruthless killer, like the rest of her family. I hate
1: how mean she is to Tom. Tom's Tom's not my favorite character. I've dumped Connor. Tough Connor season.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: They don't. They never kind of figured him out this year. And he's just been kind of all over the map. And he's become like the they're shoehorning him into stuff versus like him actually having these organic every time he's in there, it's awesome. This year, I don't feel that way.
0: I think they're trying to use him too much when I'm just like, you know, you need you need five Alan Ruck appearances a season, maybe four uh, at best. I thought the Kendall party stuff with his coat and his arm. Like that Alan was hilarious. Ruck, Alan Ruck really <laughs> injured his arm, so they worked into the show. Like, Is all that true? That, yeah, yeah. He tore his rotator cuff. So like all that stuff is... I thought was pretty gold, but yeah. but I agree with you overall with Connor. But um, but yeah, the confession. I mean, maybe I can see that happening, and maybe then Ken goes to jail and he has to be the one to burp the toilet wine and all that sort of stuff. Like maybe that's where it all goes, and then Jeremy Strong isn't on the show because Ken And you in get jail. You get
1: rid of him for a yeah. year, year and a half, and then yeah. he, and he gets comes out of jail. Back to and, the finale or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, Very maybe, possible. maybe, right. but uh, yeah. I I look
1: forward to your deep dive pod with Sean. Those have been great. That's on Wednesdays. And that's it for the Prestige TV pod. Produced by Steve Allman. You can hear him on uh, on the Ringerverse pod every once in a while too. Big Ringerverse stretch coming up. It's, it's like true. like NBA playoffs for nerd <laughs> culture. It's
0: a lot, it's going, all on. Happening. A lot Van, going on. Oh, a lot
1: Van's more excited for the Spider Man movie than I've ever heard him bet anything, including sports. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope it,
0: I hope it lives up to everything Van wants it
1: to be. All right. Good to see you, Joanna. You too.